0: Welcome to Ink's The Founder's Project with Alexa Von Tobel. I'm Alexa, the founder of LearnBass, author of New York Times best-selling book, Financially Fearless, and second book, Financially Forward. I'm also the founder and managing partner of Inspired Capital, a venture firm focused on the entrepreneurs of the future. Each week we sit down with the top founder to share their story of guts, inspiration, and drive. Hi everybody, I'm your host, Alexa Von Tobel, and this week I'm excited for you to meet Reese Witherspoon, a person who needs no introduction. Reese has become a wonderful friend and a person I love to learn from, so I'm very excited to have her on the show today. Reese is an award-winning actress and producer who has created the kinds of unforgettable characters that connect with critics and audiences alike. She won an Academy Award for Walk the Line and was later nominated for a performance in Wild, which she also produced. She starred in beloved films like Sweet Home Alabama, Legally Blonde, and Election, among many, many others. In 2016, Reese founded Hello Sunshine, a cross-platform media brand and content company utilizing her Hollywood platform to drive the production of female-centric content. Hello Sunshine tells stories across all platforms, from scripted and unscripted television, feature films, animated series, podcasts, audio storytelling, and digital series, all shining a light on where women are now and helping them chart a new path forward. Hello Sunshine has been named the number two most innovative company in media by Fast Company and one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential Companies. In addition to Hello Sunshine, Reese launched Draper James in 2015, a retail brand with a focus on fashion, accessories, and home decor inspired by the American South. In 2018, Reese added best-selling author to her list of many, many credits with the release of her book, Whiskey in a Teacup, which debuted number one in the New York Times bestsellers list. She also released her children's book, Busy Betty, in 2022. Currently, you can see Reese starring alongside Ashton Kutcher in the Netflix romantic comedy, Your Place or Mine, which she produced. She also starred in and executive produced season two of Apple's The Morning Show under her Hello Sunshine banner. The Morning Show has earned eight Emmy nominations, a SAG Award, a Critics' Choice Award for its first season, and also garnered Witherspoon an Emmy nomination for season two. Season three is currently in post-production. And without further ado, in that long list of accolades, let's welcome Reeves. First, Reese, I just have to say, I want to give a shout out to Amy Griffin, who introduced us. I want to focus on you as an entrepreneur. And what I am so excited about is to focus on the business that you found in 2016, Hello Sunshine. So let's just start from the basics. What is Hello Sunshine? And where did you guys come up with the idea to get this business up and off the ground?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm- I love listening to this podcast. You know, I've been friends for a while through Amy, who we love, love, love. And thank goodness for people who connect people, you know. It's been nice to, you know, have people like you, Alexa. Like, you are an entrepreneur. You actually sold your business. Um, And so when I was going through a lot of my process, like, I was always leaning on people like you and other friends who'd had, you know, success and ups and downs and hills and valleys in their entrepreneurial career. So I'm really a fan of what you do here at this podcast because it's it's so informational and helpful. So a little bit about Hello Sunshine. I guess the sort of starting, like what was the, the ember that started The Flame was sort of me reading scripts. I mean, I'd been in the movie business since I was 14 years old. I started my first movie my freshman year of high school, and so I worked pretty consistently for 25 years. You know, had been at the top of the game, really getting all the great scripts, and really um, being one of you know the the top actresses that was seeing the the really really great stuff come in through the highest level screenwriters, and just being wildly underwhelmed in um, 2011 by the quality of the writing for women. And I said, you know, instead of looking at this as like, a, you know, a movie by movie case, like why is this so bad and trying to fix each part, I started backing up and looking at the macro environment in Hollywood and seeing this lack of female screenwriters, lack of female directors, um, lack of IP that actually expressed the the full spectrum of the female experience. So I went around to every studio head. I booked like a, I had done movies with everybody from Warner Brothers to Sony to Universal. So I went around to each studio and I said, What are you developing for women in a leading role? And with the exception of one out of seven studios, they were developing nothing.
0: Wow.
1: Right? Isn't that crazy? And the one studio that was developing something with a female lead said, we already have one movie starring a woman this year. We can't have two. And that was the big light bulb moment for me that I was like, this is not good enough. I had at that time, I had a daughter who was 12 years old and I grew up watching these great female characters on screen, but I wasn't seeing that level of writing and stuff. So instead of lamenting the problem and complaining about the problem, I decided to do something about the problem. And I was turned to my husband and I said, you know, what do I do? And he was an agent at CAA at the time. And he said, Look, you read more than anybody I know. I was like, I do? I didn't realize I read so much. And he said, Yeah, why don't you option some of these books that have these great female characters and just start producing them yourself? And don't take money from other people. Use your own money because you you want to have full creative control. So the first two books I bought were Gone Girl and Wild. They both came out, they were number one bestsellers. I was like, oh no, now I'm going to have to make great movies and TV shows. And they both got nominated for Oscars that year. And then the next project was Big Little Lies that I shared with Nicole Kidman, co-producing Credit. We both went after the same book and decided to collaborate. So it really was, that's how it started getting rolling. And then I'm going to tell you the part that the entrepreneurs are going to want to hear, which is all is lost. There was a moment where I was like, oh, I can't even keep the lights on.
0: You have spanned so many different types of content with your platform. Something speaks to you when you decide to build something. What are you looking for?
1: Well, my the kind of filter that we use at Hello Sunshine is as we read books and scripts for, for consideration of whether or not we want to produce is, is it a woman at the center of the story who, through her own means, is the hero of her own life and her own story? And... I grew up with a lot of movies and I know we all did that where there were a damsel in distress and a guy came to save her or some other person saved her from peril. And the truth is women save themselves every single day. Women are their own heroes. I wasn't seeing it on film. And I just, I wanted to have television shows that had that idea at the center that everything you need is inside of you. You just have to tap into your inner strength. And one of my favorite Examples of that is wild. Cheryl Strait's memoir, one of the first movies that I produced. It was literally a movie about a woman who's lost her mother. She's a drug addict. She's gotten divorced, and she decides to walk a thousand miles to try and figure out her life. And she gets to the end of the story. She has no money, no parents, no job, no boyfriend, no man, nothing, no children. And it's a happy ending. Wow. Because she found herself and she saved herself and she got clean and sober and she figured her way through the forest and the the wilderness to find herself and her own happiness. And that inspired me. I feel like I also love themes like women versus nature, something you don't see a lot on film. You see man versus nature over and over and over again. We but women are so in touch with nature. We are so out there. We are so in the wilderness. So um I love the different themes, you know, and seeing, obviously, there's so many diverse stories that have not been told, perspectives that have not been represented on film. And so through Hello Sunshine, we're able to, you know, get these great books and just help promote female authorship and women telling their story in their own words. And from the choice of some of those books, we also find great IP for movies and television shows.
0: I love it so much, Reese. Okay, let's come back to that issue when almost the house didn't work. What happened? I'm like, girlfriend, tell me everything. I need to hear it more.
1: Let me paint a picture for you because it was right after Big Little Lies, and it couldn't have been more successful. We won eight Emmys. It was just, everybody was talking about it. It was so successful to have these five female leads all having really strong characters talking to each other, um, collaborating together. It couldn't have been more of a cultural win or a professional win, but I realized I had structured my company in the wrong way. I wasn't making enough money as a producer to pay my employees, make sure I was taking care of people in the way I wanted to take care of them, pay for the office space. I just I hadn't structured it correctly because I'm not I'm not an executive. I wasn't. You know, and go to business school. So, I actually ended up talking about this with a friend and ended up getting a, a business plan in place that restructured the whole company. I raised money primarily from ATT. I also put in my own money. That was really important to me that people knew I had reasons to wake up every single morning. I went and I had a fiduciary responsibility to my partners, but I also had this passion inside of me and I put my money where my mouth is. I really truly believe in this mission. So once we raised capital, it just started going like crazy. I had never really um, solidified Reese's book club too. So I really put some branding ideas around that. I made sure, um, built the Instagram page, started posting every month instead of you know, whenever I was reading a book. So really kind of set a cadence for an audience to follow and started building a business that would reach women wherever they were, whether that was podcasting, social media. Streaming was a huge boon for us because the emergence of streaming and the need for content created this opportunity for women and people who had been traditionally locked out of Hollywood had opportunities to walk in. And, that's when a lot of my female partnerships started. I mean, really with Nicole Kidman. And it was so fun collaborating with Nicole, who's so brilliant and um, just an incredible, brilliant woman, amazing actress, but also very thoughtful about material. And I thought, I'd love to do this again. So I ended up doing it again with Kerry Washington on Little Fires Everywhere and again with Jennifer Aniston on The Morning Show. And I always say like female collaboration is the greatest fuel in the media business that I can imagine because we'd all been siloed for so long to finally collaborate with each other was like this explosion of creativity
0: one of the other really cool things that hello sunshine has done really well you guys got really smart also about going into commerce and taking these people these narratives these stories and then being able to build platforms out of it give us one big piece of advice that you've learned about when it's time to take it to the next level so
1: I think when you start to get to a place where you, you have more questions, then you don't know what the next step is. It's so important to lean on other entrepreneurs. And, and there are so many outlets and platforms there to listen, to learn. But like she was asking me about attorneys and whether or not she should pay percentage fees or hourly fees. And it was really great to be able to walk her through that you know, in, a, in a way that I had to learn. 10 years ago what what is the best way to establish a business and that there's all kinds of different ways that people get things done but the most important thing is like protecting the mission at the center of what you do the why is so important and you have to if you're creative protect your creativity i mean that is so so important because you can get bogged down in stuff that you don't understand and that's when i say that's time to reach out for help send out the life raft and say I need a business plan. I need an attorney. I need an agent. I need somebody to take over this part of it so I can concentrate on what I have to create
0: here. Okay, Reese, I want to go to um, selling Hello Sunshine. So in, the August of, in August of 2021, Hello Sunshine was acquired by a media company that was backed by Blackstone. Guys, for $900 million. I just need to say that out loud. How did how'd it feel? <sighs> if you look back at it now that you've had some distance... Just walk us through what those few months looked like.
1: It was surreal. It was selling the company. If anybody has ever been through that experience, it was just all day and all night on the phone with bankers and attorneys. Um, And it was wonderful. It was thrilling. It was exciting. I learned so much, things I had never been exposed to. So that was really um, a a great opportunity for me to, to listen and learn and be able to share that information with other people who are going through that experience. The thing that I thought during the entire sale was, this isn't about me. It was always about the mission to put women at the center of this media company. And that I kept going through every negotiation going, this is not about my value. This is how do you value a female audience? What is it worth to you to have the trust of women? The, the belief that you're going to put out good material, that you're going to represent women in a way that they want to be represented. What is the value of that in a marketplace? So instead of personalizing, it was all about me. It was actually this greater thing where I got to say, Women's stories matter. Uh, women are valuable in a marketplace. We, are, we control a lot of consumer spending. Women watch more media than anyone. When we love uh, movies and TV shows, we share them. When we love a podcast, we become the marketers of that material. So, what does it mean to these companies to have this ability to reach so many women in such an authentic way? So, that gave it a great framework for me to evaluate each decision. And the, the really personal, emotional feeling was I hope my grandmother's proud. <laughs> and I knew she was like, doesn't make me tear up, but like, I think about all the women who came before us. Alexa. I mean, women couldn't have a credit card. My mother was talking the other night at dinner to my son. She wasn't allowed to have a credit card until 1973. Women weren't allowed to own property by themselves or start a business. So you think about how far we've come just from the 1970s. But I think about my grandmother before that being this avid reader, this passionate woman about storytelling, but no outlets. No opportunity to to express herself or own a business or um, extend herself into the world the way she wanted to. So I'm kind of living my grandmother's dream and I'm living my ancestors' dreams. And I think about that all the time. I want to create opportunity for women and leave the media industry different than the way I found it.
0: Amen. Oh my gosh, that's amazing, Grace. I'll be
1: honest. When I walked in when I was 14 years old, I walk on movie sets. There were no women. There'd be one or two women out of 150 people standing on set, no women of color. And so that has so changed over our lifetime, but really rapidly since about 2016, 2017.
0: We're just getting started. We're just getting
1: started. And you, you and I coll- like uh, talk about a lot, and I think a lot of people are aligned around this idea, is you can't change businesses and, and you can't change... Entire industries, unless you economically empower women. You have to give them an ability to make money off of their entrepreneurial ideas and their creativity. And so I always think, how can I help make women more money, but that they earn themselves based on their own life skills and their talents?
0: As you sit here today and we look forward to the future of creators, what do you think the next five to 10 worlds of the creator universe looks like?
1: That's such a great question because as i've gotten to know this world more it's just ever evolving and of course the macro economics right now of the media and streaming world are all over the place you know some platforms doing really well we're seeing a lot of mergers we're seeing a lot of acquisitions we're seeing a lot of consolidation so just tracking that and seeing the, the great news about Hell Sunshine is we can work at every platform. So just this year, we have a show out on Amazon. We have a, a movie on Netflix. We have a show coming out on Apple next month. And then we have one on Hulu the following month. So we're able to, across the aggregate, get this incredible data that's very helpful. Who's buying what? You know, where is our audience gravitating towards? What do they want to see? And that's a big shift. You know, it's so, so data-driven, the media business now. What I'm seeing is a lot of, I mean, obviously, the emergence of influencers, self-publishing, the ability to market and publish yourself is incredible for creators. So I'm always looking at that as opportunity space for us, promoting other digital ta- talent that has emerged on Instagram. Um, how can we extend them to multiple platforms? How can we get them on Netflix and also Hulu and Amazon or Apple? And also looking direct to consumer opportunities. I mean... Brands that are built that speak directly to a customer, I think are so powerful, um, like the Home edit, We have a few other collaborations that we're doing that we haven't announced yet, but the ability to help people scale those businesses because we have the infrastructure inside of Hello Sunshine that helps. That's a great part of our business that I'm excited about. And I I do think we're gonna get to a point where I'm like I'm watching the music world too. With Daisy Jones and the six, we're looking at the music world and what does it mean to have this Daisy Jones is the television show. It's the number one television show on Amazon.
0: I love it. I loved it. I already fully binged.
1: Oh, thank you these actors you know, have created these incredible performances. The filmmakers created an entire world. It's a 1970s rock band. It's like Fleetwood Mac. They had the number one album of all time. And then they had this massive performance and never performed again. And so you're hooked from the very first episode. You're trying to figure out why did the band break up? And I know why, but I'm not going to tell you. Um, but it's a really interesting um, across a lot of different kinds of platforms because it's the number one show on Amazon right now. It's also... When it debuted, it was number one album on iTunes, the first fictional band to ever hit number one. And it's back on the New York Times bestseller list on, you know, one of the best books. So it's this incredible cultural experience. And younger audiences are really like YA, you know, young girls are reading it like crazy and watching it like crazy. Um, because they get to have this extended experience through the music. But I do think there's gonna be an opportunity to have more ownership as an audience. And I don't know if that's going to be in the future. I do see uh, the metaverse coming really in to help us with democratizing the ability to make and create and own art, um, but also paying the artists with consistency. You know, if you look at all the... I mean I just keep looking at the ticketmaster situation and the the live performances and going this is a problem to be solved and really smart entrepreneurs are going to solve this. I mean I know so many people are working in this space but the ability for the artists to continue to make money off of their work and the sales of their tickets you know I think that's so so important to make sure that they're still protected in that process.
0: Last question on the future. If you sit here and and again I'm not I'm not even going to name all the TV shows and movies and everything that you've created across all the different um, platforms. How do you think about how Netflix and Hulu and youtube, how do you think about what that can look like in a decade?
1: Oh, boy. It's just hard to know like what what's what's going to happen, but I do think there's going to be a lot of consolidation. I think there's the consumer is starting to get a little weary of having so many different subscriptions. You know, there's a lot of bundling going on, but I think, you know, and also there's not a reason to exist on a lot of these platforms. They're just not getting the same amount of subscribers as, you know, some of the the early to reach people, you know, so the early adapters, the people who their entire business model was based on meeting people in their homes, you know, really, I think they just have an advantage, you know, they were there first. And then you've got, you know, massive media platforms that can acquire yeah. any platform they want because their economic ability to just buy anything they want. I don't know. I I do see consolidation happening.
0: And we'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. Alexa here. Not only do I get the opportunity to speak with all types of founders on For Starters, but I'm a repeat founder myself. We all know how vital fundraising is to a startup. Carta knows this too. That's why they had founders in mind when they created their fundraising suite providing tools and support to take the friction out of fundraising. They save founders time and money, allowing you to focus on your goals, not the admin work needed to close around. From simply issuing safes to quickly receiving funds, Carta Fundraising Suite helps their cap table customers raise a better fundraising round. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Okay, Reese, I wanna transition a little bit to you. But first I just wanna go back to your childhood in Nashville. And I know that you spent a lot of time there. What do you think that gave you as you entered the world?
1: You know, growing up in the south in a in a smaller town, I think I have a a good barometer with the majority of the country is interested in seeing. I've never felt like I wanted to be part of something that kept people out. I, I have always wanted to be part of something that people loved and appreciated. And I feel like some art not all art but some is made for exclusivity but that was never my intent mine is about everyone is welcome everyone has this human experience that we're all just trying to figure out and art is the best expression of of how we synthesize our experiences grief love heartbreak joy um and so i think growing up in the middle Of the country, and and like, and it's sweltering hot outside. I never forget going to the movie theater just to escape the heat. But literally, I went every single weekend with my mom and my brother or my friends every single weekend. Totally, I consumed so much media too. Watched so many television shows as a kid. I'd run home from school and want put the TV on, and I'd watch sitcom after sitcom after sitcom. I actually think that's where I learned a lot of comedy stuff. Wasn't like in an improv class. I didn't go
0: to acting school. I just studied what people were doing in film and television. You're giving us parents all like a, a sigh of like, okay, my kids are going to turn out okay when they watch too much TV. Um, I think you have to limit their exposure, right? We all have to be more mindful
1: as parents that some of the video game platforms are really helpful for our kids, you know, and they are having interpersonal conversations while they're playing games. Sometimes I'm thinking girls aren't having these as much as boys. Um and learning about you know, what works in a video game storytelling world as much as you know boys are learning. So there was never anything wrong with me watching a lot of TV. It actually inspired me to want to do what I do.
0: We had these unique moments, all of us, in our childhood that when you're you know, in your 30s and 40s, you look back and you're like, I'm so glad that happened. Like It gave me this. What was yours, do you think? What's one thing that you like repeated with your own children too? Because it was so good. You know, I I didn't realize this
1: until a few years ago. It was like one of those moments where you're like, "Of course, that's why you're like this." So my father was in the military; he was in the Air Force. My mother was in the military; she was in the Air National Guard as a nurse. So I grew up in this very military family, and I don't think we didn't um, talk about it a lot, but there was a lot of routine and schedule. Every my parents woke up every single morning with a purpose and a duty to complete the job, and also. They woke up early. They were always on time. They always had a sense of purpose to the group, too, to being part of a team. And I think that is the mentality that's gotten me through a lot of movie productions and shoots. It's like we're a team. Everybody has to show up. Whoever, it doesn't matter who's starring in the movie, who's directing the movie, who's getting the catering on the movie, who's driving the truck on the movie. We are a team and we're all working towards a common goal and a mission. I didn't put it together until a few years ago. That was probably comes from my parents being um, so regimented and structured as
0: I was a kid. This is maybe one of my favorite little facts about you, that you got in trouble in third grade because you were running, wait for this guys, a custom barrette business. Where did that entrepreneurial spark come from? This is a true story. It came from my brother
1: who taught me about profit margins when I was in third grade. So we were at the mall one day and I was looking at these banana clips and I was like, these are so cute. My brother said, you know what you should do, sister, is buy them because it was four in a box for a dollar. And he's like, and if you write people's names on them in paint pen, you can charge them 50 cents per banana clip. So then you're going to make $2 a profit. And I was like, yes, this is a great idea. This is a great way to make $2. And he's like, and then once you buy one box, then you go back the next week and you got three boxes. Now we're tripling our profits. And he was my business partner. (laughs) But so I got shut down though. I got in trouble because I was customizing with paint pens and I got paint pen all over my desk and I had to stay after school for defacing school property. So actually my first business that I ran and I really literally I had to go to the principal's office and they were like, Reese, why are you running a business out of your desk in third grade? When I wrote Busy Betty, it's all about this little female entrepreneur, and I wanted to introduce early entrepreneurial concepts to young people. Whether you're doing a lemonade stand, a bake sale, a car wash in your backyard, you're teaching kids how to build a business. So think about it that way. Don't do it for them. Say to them, How much is it going to cost to buy the lemonade? How can you reduce that cost? What do you want to sell it for? How long do you want to work? How are you going to split? The money with your brother, sister, or your friend. And it's the early introduction to how do you run a business. So my brother and I ran a lot of businesses out of the backyard. And
0: that's how I learned to be an entrepreneur. How do you think your business mind has evolved over time? So like clearly it's pretty darn good. You went to Stanford, really, really bright, sharp. Over time, give us maybe one lesson that you now really hang on to that you feel like has helped you get even better. You are only... I, I always think about this. You're
1: only as smart as the people you surround yourself with and and the people you're exposing yourselves to. I always think about this quote. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Amen. You need to be constantly surrounding yourself with people that make you level up. If you're, you know, in a place where you feel like you've plateaued or you've, you've hit a peak or a wall, it's time to move on and start to think, what do I want to accomplish and who... Should I be around that's going to inspire me? And we really, really are like, whether it's your best friends or it's people who you work with, everybody has to be raising each other up and have skill sets that are complementary. I think you can't know what you don't know, you know? So constantly surrounding yourself with people who are smarter than you in such certain areas that you can go, wait, I, tell me, explain that to me again. I think that's so, so important.
0: I feel like you filter for people really, really thoughtfully. And what, when- What is one of the things in the back of your head you're kind of looking for? Because you've always said that the best decisions should be in business are the people that you do business with. What is it?
1: Oh, boy. You just know when you meet a superstar. You know, when you're starting looking for a great executive or um, junior executive. First of all, there's passion. There's got to be passion there because what we do is so hard. (laughs) It's like pushing a rock up a hill and then having it roll back over you. Um, And then sometimes the wins are huge. The losses are just so... uh, It can be demoralizing to work on a project and not get it going. So we have to have people who are very, they understand our business inside and out, have great relationships themselves, are very personally driven to succeed. And then I think one of the things that I'm, I feel really strongly about is you hire really well and then get out of their way. Don't micromanage them. they, They wouldn't be there if you, Look, if you hired somebody, you had to micromanage them. You hired the wrong person. So I try to empower people as much as possible with my same ideas and ethics and passion. And we always check in with each other. Are we passionate about this? Uh, is that the right idea? Should we should we be pursuing that story? I don't know. There's a little bit of a feeling there that maybe we're taking advantage of something. Or um, it feels like we're speaking to a very, very tiny audience. But we, we want to reach a big audience, you know, things like that. So we talk about filters a lot, what our metrics are for success. Success looks, by the way, check in every day, <laughs> every month with the people you you are working with. What is your metric for success? Do you want awards? Do you want economic success? Do you want financial growth? Do you want scale? Like all those things are success. But you have to be aligned towards what you you want, you know. So make sure that you're always saying, like, yeah, I know we won awards, but nobody saw the movie. Like that isn't success in Hello Sunshine's mind, right? Hello Sunshine is looking for, we want to reach audiences everywhere and as large an audience as possible,
0: you know, and still make premium content. How do you manage stress? Because I'm sure you know one of the things. Every time I've ever chatted with you, I'm aware that there's like 40 things happening in the background that you're probably filtering and sorting and you know compartmentalizing. My hunch is you've gotten really good at managing stress. Any tips you can pay forward to us? Is there some? Is there something that you finally learned in your career that helped you get really good at that?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, everybody has stress. I think it's all about perspective. I mean, what we do in our business, we are not saving people's lives. Right. I was telling somebody today, I watched my mother save three people's lives when I was a little girl. My mother was saving people's lives as a nurse. I'm not saving lives. We're making movies and television shows. So sometimes we have to relax. We'll all get like really stuck on a creative idea. And I go, also, is this just a TV show? And we don't have to solve that problem. <laughs> like a logic problem inside a, a television show. I'm like, it's also a TV show. It just kind of works better if we're outside. You <laughs> know, it, it does. It's visually more pleasing. So um, having perspective, I think, is important. And I think children provide a great perspective. You know, I was a mom first, and I was a mom when I was 23 years old. So a lot of who I am is informed by being, my kids always come first. And and if your kids are doing well and, and feel protected and safe and they're thriving, you can really accomplish a lot in the world. So... That is my number one priority, and I'm always thinking about them. And also, what do I want to create for them? I have a very fun job. Let's get real. Like, I love my job. I get to wake up every day, read books, talk to cool, interesting filmmakers, talent that has emerged on Instagram that's just doing amazing stuff. It's just such a fun, creative job. So every day, I just feel so lucky that I'm living this, this reality you know, that I created through hard work and a lot of my own... I mean, boy, I busted my tail. I this company. <laughs> at one point, Alexa, one year, I think it was 2018, I was doing three television shows at once. I was on the Sony lot. I'd go into one trailer. They'd blow dry my blonde hair. They'd take it down, put on a brown wig. I'd run to the morning show set. I was doing reshoots on Big Little Lies, and I was also shooting Little Fires Everywhere. And I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm losing my mind. It was a finite amount of time that was crossover, but it was really, really stressful. But I was like, "That's what I have to do to make it as an entrepreneur. I have to work for myself. I have to empower my team, and I'll do anything to make it happen because I truly, truly believe in it. And it all, it all works out, you know. I, I, I like have the greatest structured team around me too. Um, my executive assistant has been with me. <laughs> she's known me since I was 14 years old. She knows me so, so well, and. I love that I can say to her and somebody told me this once and I thought this is such great advice You can cancel a whole day. You don't have to be sick if you can't deal for a whole day like you can cancel two days It's okay You know If you're in an industry that isn't life-sustaining That's right. It's okay. It's okay. It'll all be there on monday
0: God Reese, I could talk to you for two hours. I'm gonna go to the quick fire round Um, because I don't have two of your hours. I'm gonna ask you a question I just want the first thing that comes to your mind and the first is When you are trying to get to know someone, is there an interview question you like? What do you like to ask somebody? What are your hobbies?
1: Yeah, because I want to know that they have a life outside of work.
0: Is there a quote or any, it can be a mantra, a quote. Mine is get up, dress up, show up. Is there something for you that is sort of like a a Reese mantra in your heart?
1: Um, Walk with purpose in the direction you're going and people will follow. Just know your purpose. I say it to little kids all the time. I used to always say it to my kids. If I say walk with purpose, they'll say in the direction you're going. But what that means to me is there's a lot of people walking in circles, but very few people are walking with purpose towards a goal. And you find if you're walking with purpose towards a goal, other people are, you'll see the people who are walking alongside you.
0: So this next one's a hard one because there's 40 pinch me moments in your career, but I want, you can give me two. I'm going to like just two moments. In the last many, many, many years, decades, you can decide, where you like pinched yourself and came home and just were like, I can't believe that happened.
1: Oh, well, I'd have to say, like, winning the Oscar, I, that was crazy for Walk the Line. I that was like, I can't believe this is happening.
0: I mean, I watched it live, I was like, I know my mother was
1: there too. I got to do it and I got to take her to the governor's ball and the parties afterwards, and it was really meaningful because my mother was my first biggest fan, she was a nurse. In Nashville, my dad was a doctor. There was no reason for me to be an actor. Like it just didn't make any sense. And she took me to every acting class and drove me to every audition and just truly believed in my dreams. So that was really a big, pinch me moment. I would say the sale of the company. I cried a lot. Happy tears. It also meant a lot to me because there were a lot of people who benefited from it economically, primarily women. It moved me to be able to to do that. you know, these women worked really hard. And, Turned down other jobs that were safer and came to Hello Sunshine, and believed in this mission. And they benefited from the sale, and it really meant a lot to me that they had equity in the company. Like a company like Blackstone and and a company like Candle would believe that women's stories matter so much and value it as if they, you know, they they know the importance of that audience. And it really it sent a message to the world that women's stories matter.
0: So, Reese, on that note, um, last question of the whole interview one book that we should all read. And I know I'm like, I I didn't make, I didn't ask you to pick your favorite. Just one book we should read this year. This is so hard. You can pick two if you need to. I'm I'm, given, given what you do, I'll give you a little color outside the lines.
1: Well, I'm really enjoying this book, Strength to Strength. I know a lot of people are talking about it. It's sort of like, um, it's this, the, once you've reached success or you're in the the second half of your life, you know, reprioritizing your goals around what you want to accomplish, particularly if you've had success, how do you want to give back? What do you want to do with your life? How do you transition into being a mentor or a new goal or a new dream? So that was that was a great book this, re, uh, this year that I read. And, you know, fiction. I just, I love fiction. It's like My Escape, The Last Thing You Told Me by Laura Dave is a great fiction read. And we have the show coming out um, next month with Jennifer Garner on Apple. And it's just a great thriller. It feels like a Grisha type thriller with this woman at the center running for her life with her teenage stepdaughter. You have no idea where her husband has disappeared to. And it's just so
0: propulsive. I love it. Reese, I am so incredibly grateful to have you on. You're a dream, um, a dream mentor, a dream friend. But more importantly, all of us get to learn from you and watch you flex all of these muscles. So from the bottom of my heart, we are rooting for you. We're so excited to consume all of your content. Um, And you can join us next week for Ink the Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. And just congratulations on every level. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Alexa.